and we'll probably figure out how to get some sort of podcast going coast there. to coast so, and tailgate during the season, baby. To- coast to coast and tailgate during the season. Ooh, I'm going to have to get some coffee. All right. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. All right. Where's my guest? Is he like in the, oh. in the shoot? My bad. I mean, there I, I give you more control. Hey, right. I want to welcome in at CFF Jared or CFF underscore Jared, our, uh, our, our regional CFF guy. Jared, please tell us more about yourself. That was a horrible intro. Just do it yourself, please. Well, you got me right in the middle of taking a, a drink. All righty. Uh, yeah, my name is Jared Palmgren. and uh, you guys have probably heard me around here as uh, the host of the Chasing Natty podcast. Felix introduced it there at the end of the WWE podcast. Uh, see if Felix gets my name right this week. Um, I, don't, I don't understand how I pronounced it wrong. You, you, I, had, you, you, I just you listened to you say it, and I'm like, you, I said, that's what I said. You you do what a lot of people do, and you're not the only one. I'll, I'll tell you I, this. You're not the only one. You you add like a random uh in the middle of it. So like you say like it, it's just palm and grin. So palm grin. But then you add a random uh in the middle of it. So like you go see like Jared Palma grin. I, I feel like I heard a random uh when I heard you pronounce it, to be honest. But you have a random uh when you say it. That's what I'm saying. Um, but even so, like I'm host of Chasing Night Podcast. Every Monday morning, we have one episode out for you guys. Uh, we have this past couple of weeks, we have been doing the ranking summits. Chris Moxley joined me for that. Those were absolutely, those went, went off without a hitch. Those were awesome. You guys really seem to enjoy that. So I really appreciate it. And uh, Felix, you hurt my feelings a little bit when you're like, oh, we don't have any content on Sundays. And when I've been putting out those summits the last two Sundays. Oh, that's 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 true. I was oh, thinking of podcast lie. content. I, I've, I've actually watched those summits right on my big television. I put it on the television. Ooh, I, I consider that a high honor. So, yeah, that's pretty much my intro. All right. Uh, Jared, so what what is CFF? What does that stand for? Does that stand for... Um... Kappa Frappa Fiji, or what What? What fraternity is that? I'm trying to rush it. Uh, you Come probably off. couldn't catch me dead in a fraternity. Um, well, you're in no, one. I mean, fair enough. This this is about as close to fraternity now as I'll ever get. Um, so yeah, CFF, college fantasy football. It's basically just imagine your C2C leagues, but you just take off the only the college side of it, and you like there's redraft, there's dynasty, there's best ball, pretty much all the same things you could find for the NFL uh, but you just make it with college players. All right. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Um, also, shout out to you for getting on the late, late, um, late kick. What's it called? The late kick podcast or whatever. Uh, well, it's the late kick extra. So it's like it's, uh, podcast only um, it's podcast only stuff. But then he actually did a whole video around the question that I was involved in. So yeah, I, I watched I'm the whole on, thing. On I, the thought, actual show. I thought that shit was so cool. I really did. I was like, this is great. I was, that was cool. You inspired me. I was like, dude, we're getting out there. I got to start messaging people above my weight belt, too. Didn't work out for me, though. But We got to shoot your shot, though. Got to hey, shoot your absolutely. shot. Absolutely. Got to shoot your shot. Um, now, I actually did want to ask you some questions here for CFF purposes because sure. uh, you can't really be a Debbie asset if you're not a college asset. You know, I mean, there's some apples and oranges there, but you can't produce in the NFL if you don't produce in college. So Ole Miss used to be a um, – a wide receiver factory for like a short little bit there. There's no wide receivers that roster I really care about. And like, am I right or am I wrong? I know there's Jonathan Mingo, but Jonathan Mingo seems to disappoint me every single time he gets a chance to. 
So in terms of the actual wide receivers for Debbie purposes, yeah, yes. there's none that really kind of stick out to me as like, oh, this is like your next guy to watch. Jordan Watkins maybe coming from over from Louisville. That might be somebody you're kind of looking for there. I'm praying a little bit because I have him on my dynasty team for CFF. Yeah. Uh, so, but really with Ole Miss for this year, and again, I'm, I'm really starting to bang this drum just more and more because I feel like people keep disrespecting him. The receiving option you need to be looking for in Ole Miss is going to be Michael Trigg, uh, their tight end, this upcoming year. Because I think that Lane Kiffin's about to utilize him. Yeah, I I agree with you. He <laughs> We just lost him. Is everyone else still alive there? All right, we got some movement. Okay. Yeah, he froze. I think everybody else is, is good. That's hilarious. Uh, CFF Nate, if you're listening, that Michael Trigg shot was at, uh, was at you, Nate Marquise. The, we had to call him out for being low on Michael Trigg. If you were watching our our summits, they were you could replay them on YouTube. By the way, they're like probably an hour and a half, two hours of like really good CFF discussion. One of those You're was surrounding Michael Trigg, and it, it's uh, good it content really and it's perfect for a Sunday when all there's on is college basketball, which I do not watch. Um, so right, we're yeah, back. Really good content. Um, also, Jared, I asked, I have to give you a heads up. That wasn't me that disconnected you. But no, that, I, that was my internet. I was, I was, something weird's going on over here tonight. So. I got you, but in case no one's ever told you, you're very long-winded. I do have you on a timer, and I will let you know when you go too long. Okay, sounds good. All right. <laughs> so yeah, Michael Trigg, he's the, he's the receiving option to look out for this year. All right, I got to ask you another one. Next next school for me is uh is um Memphis. Sorry, I forgot Memphis. Thinking about Seth Hennigan the whole time. I'm not a big Calvin Austin fan, but Memphis seems to put some interesting talent in the, in the draft here and there. And I just don't know who to look at at Memphis this year at all. Uh, Javon Ivory. That's the name we're looking at there. Yeah, Chris is really pumping me up tonight. Like me and Chris are on the same page. Yeah, with these are, these these are all my guys. Give me the, give me the size. And is he an early declare? That's like the other, the next two questions. I don't imagine he's an early declare considering that pretty much I first noticed him when he was a freshman, like at, during the bowl game, that was when I first caught my eye. But then uh calvin austin just came back for another year so he wasn't able to break out and then will he be an early declare not entirely sure and i don't remember what his size is give me one second i can look it up for you i don't think he's uh, very big i think he's like 5 11 or six foot yeah about the weight, the, is, the weight class. uh six foot two 180 pounds oh shit, oh I not bad not bad page. okay well you gotta you gotta subtract two inches because you know how these guys lie so oh, yeah, still yeah, yeah. Still okay. I'm on, I'm a little on board. I don't really care when they're late declares as much, unless they get the draft capital. But you know how it goes. Oh yeah. Um, the next one is for me. I gotta pull up my notes. I'm so sorry. It's on a whole other tab. I got a new laptop. I'm very disorganized. Texas Tech, right? So, so we got WKU staff going there, and, and we love that for CFF purposes. Absolutely. And besides, who's the slot guy there? That's that's like the man. Is it Price? Miles Price. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anybody else there in the near future, like one of the freshmen that are that are big screaming buys right now? Uh, I'll be real. I, I haven't got, dived too much into the Texas Tech Raiders behind uh, behind Price. Let me see if I can pull up their roster real quick, see if any names kind of ring a bell. Um, again, once again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the tight ends there a little bit. Travis Coons or yeah. Mason Tharp, but either one of those guys I'm kind of taking a look at there. Um JJ Sparkman is another one that I know Moxley has kind of put out there every once in a while. So I definitely take a bigger look at him, but I'd say he's another name to kind of write down. Uh, and then Duran Bradley, I think is, is the other one that uh, Mox has thrown out there a couple of times for me. So I definitely need to dive deeper into this receiving room, but price is the guy to get this year. Okay. 
So also, um, how'd you get it? How'd you find your way into the college fantasy football world? What what drove you to get to get there? I've always liked college better than NFL. And yeah. so I, I wanted I wanted to get like, but I, I knew a lot of people who played fantasy and I'm just like, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like NFL as much. I don't pay attention as much, but I do pay attention to college. So is there a college option out there? And so that's when I found Fantrax. That's when me and my roommates, we, we set up a very small league and we just started playing every year. And then at one point, me and my roommate Xavier, we just, we were just, we were talking about this stuff uh, just in the middle of February, like well after the season had ended, but well before we were even really starting to consider it for the next year. And then we're just like, what if we just started recording our conversations about this? And that's where Jason Natty came from. Nice. Nice. Um, one more school for you. Cause I'm actually a big fan of Will Rogers. Like I think he could have some NFL value. I'm not really sure exactly how much value, but I think he's draftable at this point, you know, one of the seven rounds, but it doesn't ever seem like they have ever a standout. Uh, we had Austin pump up Jaden Wally's value. Jaden Wally didn't seem too special to me at this point in time. Is is there anyone that they have a lot of talent on that roster? But is there anyone on that on that roster that you? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of the problem with Mike Leach's offenses. It's very difficult to predict who is going to be the guy. Because again, I'm, I was with Austin last year. Like Jaden Wally was the guy I was drafting. There was no reason yeah. not to believe that he was not going to be that next guy up. But then Makai Polk just kind of comes out of nowhere. Jaden Wally gets injured, doesn't do very well in the first couple of games. All of a sudden, he's kind of, I don't want to say in the doghouse, but like he's clearly not the the guy anymore. So it's a little difficult to predict who he's going to be. Uh, in terms of the guy this year, again, Jaden Wally's fine to go back to. Uh, Rara Thomas was somebody that you absolutely could um, take, take a shot in. One person, again, you can call me biased here, but uh, Justin Robinson just transferred from Georgia over there. And this is a guy that I've paid attention to the last couple of years, Georgia practices. And I've heard great reports out of him pretty much my entire time there. So I'm interested to see if he can go over there and try and make a name for himself in that area of offense over there. So that's another name to kind of write down. Former four-star okay. recruits. Nice, nice. Late declare or early declare? Uh, probably not. Gosh, come on, man. You get these early declares in. Man, you yeah. have to have a heck of a year this year in order to be early declared because I think he just finished his second year. So, oh, got you, got you. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't really have much else besides that, man. I'm sorry. I had a rough week. How's your no, week going? You, no, my, my week's going pretty good or good in a like it's long in a good way, but like, yeah, pretty like been extremely busy, but like I'm going to bed satisfied with my work each night kind nice. of deal. So, Nice, Let's nice. ask Jared what he's planning for the future. There's plenty of there's plenty of content here. Right? Oh, oh well, I, I, I okay. I meant like playing <laughs> down, write down stuff. But yeah, what, what, you got any future projects coming up here for CFF or the whole team overall that you're allowed to release? Because I don't know what the founders. And in terms you know, of allowed to release, I'll just be cryptic with something. I just got off a call with uh, Jarek, who, if, if for those of you who don't know, Jarek is uh, the wizard that we have around here at Campus of Canton who does a lot of the website stuff and everything. And uh, he and I had a, a good long conversation about some stuff that uh, we're very excited to bring to you guys eventually that I think you guys are going to be absolutely floored by. Uh, it's stuff that it's, it's the kind of stuff that has never been available for the college players. And so I think people are going to be very ecstatic when they see it finally. I got uh, nothing out of that. I got nothing out of that. Give me something. Give me something. Again, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to reveal. Felix, you're right there. Can you tell? Like, you, I have you, no you, idea what you're talking about. I will. I will say that. <laughs> I will say that it, it's clear that um, 
the like the of the founders group, we all have like very defined roles now. Like Austin, it, well, Colin is behind the scenes making sure the website doesn't burn down to the ground. Austin is very much keeping the books c- clean and making sure we're you know that that all of our records are right. And he's also one of our writers. Uh, me and Matthew are just talkers. We're just okay. we're we're just talkers, and obviously Chris and Jarek are like the the smart the smart guys. So um, we have these you know very clear, clearly defined roles. Okay. But yeah, so and, and so basically, if you if you want me to add a little something in here, it's going to be some stuff that is going to change the way you look at your drafts on in college fantasy. Okay. So we're very, very excited for that. And then just general content in general. Like, again, we did the ranking some of this past weekend for pre-spring and everything. We plan on doing that again uh, as we get closer to the fall and everything, especially right before fall camp start and everything. People really seem to enjoy that, so we're going to do it. We're going to keep going with Chase and Natty. And then, again, we've already announced that we will have a CFF guide that we will be producing hopefully at the beginning of July. So you guys are absolutely going to be – you guys are going to love that. It's going to be a one-stop shop for all the information you could get about all 131 teams in college fantasy. You're absolutely going to dig it. I can't wait to read about Kobe Hudson. Very excited about that. <laughs> you mean the wide receiver three at UCF this year? The wide receiver one. Those guys aren't special. Actually, I did like I did like one. Uh, not O'Keefe. I like the other one's tape. I was looking at it for the draft. Actually, he's gonna be Robinson? one of my sleepers. Yeah, he's gonna be one of my sleepers, or he was on the list to be one of my sleepers. I got gotcha. you. But he was gone. Yeah, I um, I had a little project of my own too. No one's noticed it yet, but in the um, in the company Slack, I don't know. I just had I got a vent. I got a little story to tell you. One time in basic okay. training, in basic training when I was when I was what was I nineteen? I was nineteen years old. The top shooters from our platoon got uh, optics and uh, for basic training, just like you know, as a reward. It didn't really help out much. It was just and it was extra weight, but it was yeah. cool that you had it. Like any other teenager, man, we're playing like little laser tag with our guns, which aren't loaded. There's no ammo in it. You know, you can't shoot it. And and this this old dude uh, rats me out. Only me. No, not the other eight guys. He goes up. He's like, yeah, this soldier's pointing his weapon at other people. And so I get yelled at by like five drill sergeants. It was it was the worst two hours of my life. Well, we both run an alpha group. Alpha group is just like the fastest runners. So we're running. I see him in front of me. <laughs> it's really dark out. It's like four a.m. You know. Yeah. And I trip him, and as I trip him, I push him into the fucking ditch. And he, he just gets cut up. He gets cut up by rocks and stuff like that. Of course, he comes at me to fight me then, like the next couple hours. And um, I, I forgot where I was going with this whole story. Oh, now I remember. I actually got written up and recommended to go to anger management. And I just couldn't believe that, which isn't me. For, for, for pointing your weapon. And again, as, as, as a firearm, like like my family owns plenty of firearms. Like I'm like, we're real big on gun safety and everything. So yes, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, should have yeah, gotten yeah. shoot out for pointing your weapon at other people, Absolutely. even if it wasn't loaded. Absolutely. But like anger management, like were you angry when you were doing this? No, no. Even when they were yelling, me, it wasn't angry. I was just kind of like, "Oh my god, this is actually happening." <laughs> but I'd be getting mad sometimes. I really do, and so I don't mm-hmm. want to unleash it on Twitter. You can't really read anyone's tone on Twitter. You know, they're being sarcastic, being serious, true, and stuff true. like that. So I made my own my own channel on the Slack. I wrote it down as Mike's Diary slash Venting. Oh, is, that so, is that where you just talk to yourself? Yeah, it's my current project. My current project is releasing my heat into this secret slack that i'm surprised austin hasn't joined yet you see when 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 you make it bigger than any of us mike you can just release that as your memoir 
Oh my god! <laughs> like, I, like you got you to plan long term for this kind of stuff. You got to sign the book deal at one point. Yeah, honestly, this whole like Twitter journey has been like meeting a lot of my heroes along the way, which is true, and then being like severely disappointed. Like, no offense to anyone out there, but it's it's actually how it's been. I've been like really excited to meet a lot of people, and then once I do, I'm like, meh, meh. I don't know, man. You're not. <laughs> Nothing's been special. But then I think C2C came along and they scooped me up. So who who brought you to C2C? Who brought me to C2C? Yeah. Uh, definitely Austin and Colin because they invited uh, okay. me and Xavier onto uh, the Campus Life podcast last year when we were first getting started. They actually that that appearance helped us kind of launch. Um, oh, when did they when did they plan the CFF team? Because I didn't know. Obviously, I'm not in the founders chat. Um, yeah. So this was this has been something that's been discussed all the way back to the Fantasy Expo of last year. That's kind of where wow. it was really like we had kind of hinted at it, and they kind of mentioned that like they wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, but like that's when we kind of decided that like that's when they kind of let me know saying that this was going to be something that was going to happen, and that I was one of the people that they were going to consider to lead the team, which I was. Uh, very flattered by because again, I was just I was very new to the space, at least the Twitter space and everything. So it's very, very cool for me. And then um, eventually we got around to the season ending and we kind of just got the conversation rolling again. And they're just like, Are we going to do this? And I'm like, Yeah, nice. let's do this. So that's cool. They're thinking they always think pretty far ahead. So that's pretty tight. Oh, yeah. That's uh, by the way, can I answer some things in the chat? Because like Luke wants to know where my DeAndre Swift jersey is. And uh, oh, absolutely. Luke- Go ahead. Luke, it is uh, it is still in his package because I still have not gotten a frame for it. So it is pristine and clean. It's still in his package. It will be going up in this office somewhere. Uh, and then Chris asked, how high do I have hip and hammer now? Uh, sorry, Chris. I didn't move him up to wide receiver 13. He is still chilling at wide receiver 30 for me. Um, who would you rather have, Dynasty, just straight up Brees Hall or DeAndre Swift? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, landing spot for Brees is going to decide a lot of that. Okay, you Uh, got to roll the dice now. You don't know the landing spot. Got to roll the dice. I'm going to go Swift still. I'm going to go Swift still. Yeah, security. Plenty of opportunity there. So makes sense. Plus, he's my boy. Again, I have a signed jersey from him. So right. uh, Am I supposed to not? Am I supposed to doubt him? No. I'm like the opposite. So I I graduated from Kentucky, and so every time I see a Kentucky player, I just assume they're terrible. Like I'm just like they're terrible. They're They're from my school. I know they're terrible. Hey, Chris Rodriguez is going to be good in the draft next year. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Ah, uh, that class is too thick because I liked him this year. I mean, this year's class is like nothing special. I mean, it's a lot of backups. And you got like three guys you think can be stars. Yeah. And then last in the next year's class, it's like you got like six or seven instant like RB twos, RB ones like right away. Mm-hmm. So I like Chris Rod. He had a huge fumbling issue this year. I don't know. I think I think his door is closed. I really do. I think him not coming out this year closed the door of him being like a big deal. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's fair. I'm cool with it because CFF, we were losing like all of our running backs this year. Right. I, 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 I even vented about it on, on Twitter at one point where I'm just like, cause like BJ Baylor out of Oregon state declared for the draft. I'm like, why, why nobody knows who you are now? Because like <laughs> they weren't, he wasn't even invited to the combine. I'm like, was it really the smart decision to go to the draft right now? Cause nobody knows who you are. Bro, that's so. terrible. I, so I didn't, let me just ask you this. How, how, um, I'm stuttering over here. How do you decide who's going to the draft? Who decides that? I mean, the players decide that at the end of the day, but a lot of times they're kind of influenced by uh, agents that they start talking to and they kind of well, pump them, they kind of pump them up a little bit and saying, Hey, like, you know, if you test well and everything, like you have the measurables to be a guy that could uh, sneak into the first or not first round, but you could, you could be 
like you think you're undrafted right now, but really like you're somebody that NFL teams have their eye on and stuff like that. A lot of these players kind of get a little, little swindled sometimes by some of these agents. Right. Well, I mean, don't teams have to give them the invite? Don't teams have to request to see somebody and then they get the invite through like some committee. Isn't that how it goes? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm asking. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, again, it, the the players are the ones that make that decision for themselves. Usually it is kind of like a lot of times they are given like draft grades right before they make that decision for, for the draft. So like going back to Georgia, like I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, with the fact that um, like most of the Georgia players that declare for the draft this year, uh, a lot of them did so with on the basis of how well they were being graded out. I know at least one player that decided to come back this year even though he was planning on going to the draft this year because mm. he got a grade back that said, Hey, you're not quite as high. like, I think he wanted to be like a second rounder. And I just know that whatever grade he got back was below that. So, okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was just my understanding. I think I read this somewhere was that teams have to like request to see somebody and then they get the in- draft invite. They can declare for the draft and talk about, Oh, I'm talking about the combine. That's say the draft. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're talking about, the, uh, that's why I was getting confused. I'm like, I don't think anybody oh, has I'm to be so invited sorry. to the yeah, draft. I meant the combine. See, I got to go oh, now no. again on the slack and cool down. No, yeah. The NFL <laughs> invites you to, to the combine. Yeah. And but so the, team, like, the teams have to request to see you though, right? Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Cool. Yes, that's what I was. Which, so it's, it's very disappointing when you declare early for the draft and then you're not even invited to the combine. So players yeah. like BJ Baylor and uh, Devin Tompkins, what are y'all doing? Yeah, and then um, you can't go back, right? Once you declare, yeah, you cannot go back. That's actually something I've started to see people um, start advocating for. Is like player like David Ajabo towards Achilles at his pro day and everything, and people are starting to say like, oh, maybe there should be an option for some of these guys. Like if they don't get invited to the combine and stuff like that, they should have like a grace period to make that decision to return. It's only a bigger headache for us at CF for CFF purposes because like we like to know at the draft deadline of like, all right, who's leaving, who's staying behind for another year. But like, you know, on a, on a player level, I get it. It's like players make mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. Player goes undrafted and everything. Again, maybe that's too late for it, but it's like, you know, they don't get even invited to the combine. You're probably not going to get drafted. So it's like, maybe let them have that decision to be like, all right, I've made a mistake. I should come back for another year. Yeah, I mean, every year there's guys on like Mel Kuyper's list. It's on the bottom of the screen and he exactly. has like a third round grade and you're like the back of day three. <laughs> they're still available. Exactly. There's always a few, man. There's always a few. That's cool. Yeah, I just learned that recently. I thought that was pretty cool to re- realize that. Because people are like, my sleeper this year is, is Jared Stearns. And I'm like, nobody wanted him at the combine, man. So I don't really think he's uh he's going to be a hit. Yeah. So. Again, some, sometimes you do get receivers that benefit directly from the systems that they're in and NFL teams kind of recognize that. And again, I think Jared Stern's a good college receiver, but again, there's a reason right. why he was only playing at Western Kentucky. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, the whole G5 thing. I think, yeah. I guess oh, it's not even it. G5. Like, like CUSA is a, is a, like almost like a bottom tier of G5. Like it's like, it's a transition conference as we're, as we're really seeing right now, where like a lot of the FCS teams that are moving up are going to conference USA and some of the teams that feel like, all right, we're more established now. We're going to move off to a different conference. So like a lot of them are moving to the Sun Belt. Uh, I know Western Kentucky tried to move to the Mac. So uh, they're trying to move up. I think the AAC is the best one. Oh, out of the group of five. Like, yeah. clearly. like yeah. AAC and then Mountain West is probably a decent second, but like there is like those two. And then you have, I'd say some belt is like his own tier and then the Mac and the CUSA are at the bottom, but don't take that as hate for the Mac. I love the Mac. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday football is never a bad thing. 
Yeah. I what I it'll never fly, but what I like to see is if like the bottom team of like the SEC, you know, they have to drop down to like the big, you know, the Big Ten or something like so that. that. And that's then the AAC something and vice I, versa. That's something Xavier and I really discussed at one point. We we're like, again, everybody talks about like, oh, there's no like or there's no parody in college football and everything. We don't reward teams that do well uh yeah. in their lower conference. I'm like a regulation style of of conferences wouldn't be a terrible idea. Like team up some of these group of five and power five uh, conferences together, have the top team from the Sunbelt go to the SEC, have the top team from the Mac go to the big 10. And again, again, like, or Mountain West go to PAC 12 bottom team from the PAC 12, go to the Mountain West. Yeah. Punish teams for not doing well and promote teams that are doing well. Let teams build on momentum year after year. I'd see no problem with that whatsoever. And then what I want to see, I want to see the worst NFL team, play the national champion from the college side. I just want to see it. I just want to know. People want to see it, but let's be real. The the worst NFL team still probably going to smash the best college team. They should, but if they don't, everyone's fired. The whole place. This is the whole room. Everyone's gone. <laughs> that would be that would be quite that would be quite the TV <laughs> special. If they lose this game, they all lose their jobs, including the players. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> Welcome back, Matt. Were you putting down the kids as you say? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I also wanted to... I'm filibustering. I've got to think of something real quick. And I... So I, I do want to give a little shout out to um, Zach Xander. He brought me onto his podcast. He's a listener of this podcast. I had a good time with Zach Xander. So I just want to say thank you for bringing me on out there. Um, This dude, by the way, Zach Xander, is so, av- like, so um, like, gung-ho about c2c having their own platform for like our fantasy stuff which is like only 24 oh, yeah. dudes and i'm like all right man we gotta we gotta sell a lot more subscriptions for that well and people don't realize how much that would cost like that like the, the amount of money just to get the data in order to from in order to have your own fantasy platform is a lot more than people expect like it's several thousand dollars a year yeah, and, millions. And, 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 no, it's it's millions. Millions. Oh, I, I think sleeper. I think sleeper to create their thing. It was like tens of millions of dollars to create what they did, and that's wow. just NFL. I get data is 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 a commodity, but like that that is so ridiculous. I mean, I feel like computer skills are obviously probably the number one growing thing right now. I feel like oh, it gets 100%. cheaper as time goes on. You know. Like soon we'll see five girls making their own fancy platform in like you know the year twenty three three twenty three thousand you know. I mean it'll be my kid that does it. So yeah. <laughs> One of my new soldiers rolled up in a fucking um, Tesla, and I'm like, you know, he's like younger rank than me, and I'm like, dude, this kid has way more money than I do, and I'm like supposed to be his boss, and then he like shows up, he's like, yeah, I write like Linux for Lockheed Martin, and I'm like, okay, man, I'm, I- I'm getting to the age where like it's weird for me to be working, or like it's not weird, but like. I'm technically the boss of people who are older than me, which is kind of a weird, which is kind of a weird thing. And it's not just here at CDC. Yeah. Like I'm a TA, like at the University of Georgia. So like I, mm-hmm. I, I help teach a civil engineering class over there. And like one of my students was just like, he's like, yeah, I'm like, like he's like, I just turned 26 last week. I'm like 20. I'm, I'm teaching you, and I'm four years younger than you. It's, 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 it's getting to be a weird feeling. Yeah. My puppy just joined me. Oh, you got a puppy? Yeah, he's a little butthole sometimes, but he's cute. Uh, same with my cat. I'm I'm taking care of my older sister's cat right now. So 
She is uh she's actually been very quiet tonight. You, like she has become famous for interrupting me in my podcast this, these past Yeah, every months. time you talk running backs, right? Yeah. Um she yeah. was act- she was actually pretty tame during the running back uh, summit this past week, but she did make herself known. Uh so maybe maybe we need to start talking more DeAndre Swift and maybe she'll come over here and start making oh, her thoughts man. known. Yeah, actually I do want to hear your thoughts on uh, what they were talking about on the show with Sean Tucker. If Sean Tucker was in this class, just in this current class, would he be the RB2? No. Class? No. Okay. I like Sean Tucker. I like him as a fantasy player, or I like him as a college player and everything. He is a great receiving back. Um, I don't think that that part of him has been truly unlocked yet, but I don't get the idea that he is a NFL ready back. I'm just I'm not there with him personally. I like him a lot. I think he's the RB two in this class, personally. But I'm not, I'm not ready to die on that hill yet either. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with whoever wants to say what about it. So, man, yeah, that was. I, yeah, I was there, like, there, there's definitely some uh, some decisions made on the pod when it came to like the this or that uh, segment in terms of like who who they were picking. Like Matt, I'm sorry, man. Like I'm I'm a college guy and everything, but like Jackson Dart or Malik Willis. I, I I can't I can't say I follow the logic on that one. I don't think Malik Willis is a good NFL quarterback. I got you, man. Don't worry I. about it. Yeah, I like, just like I, oh, here's the thing. I don't either. But also, like he is going to be the number, like the probably the first quarterback off the board this year. And he's okay. a good threat guy. He's going to provide some level of value. Jackson well, Dart, have, but you have to be a good quarterback to sustain that value. If Jackson Dart does what I'm projecting him to do, which I'm not afraid to project on players, the same thing I get all that crap for Quinn Ewers, just like Austin is like, I'm fine projecting what I think this player is going to be. If I expect Jackson Dart to be the quarterback I think he's going to be, he has a future in the NFL much longer than Malik Willis is. So I'm willing to take that bet. See, again, and I, I don't blame you for that because, again, I agree with you. If he reaches the ceiling, yeah, I think Jackson Dart's going to be a much better quarterback. But again, how likely is that ceiling? We don't know that yet. I don't think he has to reach the ceiling. I think he could fall down on the first floor and still be better than what Malik Willis is. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not there Look, on the Malik outside. Malik Willis has, has a lot more to fix than people give him credit for because he makes a couple flashy throws Look, on the okay. highlights and he can yeah. run. Let like me, everybody says, because he can run, he's going to be this great NFL quarterback. Not everybody's Lamar Jackson who can use their legs for years to then build up, and he's still not even that great of a passer. Like okay, I, I just think Malik Willis is getting overrated. Let me be very clear. I also agree with you that he's he is overrated. I do. I think it is. I think it was crazy when people started putting him as like the clear number one bat, the quarterback in this class in a class where you have Matt Corral, where you have Sam Sam Howell. People have just completely forgotten about this year. I, I that's one thing I don't understand. Um, I agree with you. He is being overrated, but that doesn't change the fact that some NFL team is going to fall in love with him. They're going to try him out for at least several years if he works. He's gonna have a pretty uh, good future, as far as I, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, but, but that's I feel a big like if Josh Rosen it, was taken ten overall, played a year. I, I like Rosen a lot. I liked him a lot. But anyway, uh, like, my my thing though is that um, it's it's like he hasn't thrown for three thousand yards. He hasn't he hasn't had a six five like over six five percent completion rate, and he's playing like the bottom of the barrel teams in the FBS, and he's like and he's finding success against those guys. Every time he plays him a little better than that, he like sucks. And if he if he goes to an NFL team, like let's say he went where Trey Lance went last year and he had to play behind Jimmy G, I don't think San Francisco would be shopping on Jimmy G. They still had Malik Willis on their roster. Like I think they would want that security blanket. I just I, I think people like, are just they're focused on the unicorns, you know, like uh Josh yeah. Josh Allen's like mm-hmm. comeback year. And now all of a sudden every team's like, Yeah, we'll, we'll keep Drew Locke. 
he's going to be the guy. And then they're like, oh, we'll keep Daniel Jones. Like, not everybody has that bounce back year the way Josh Allen did. Not everyone's going to have that rushing upside that Lamar Jackson has. Like, those guys are special. Like, I, I agree I that you're, you're getting the value. If he does go too overall to Detroit, like, you could still yes. probably move him a year from now with even if he does nothing with without losing really any value. But my point has always been, like, if Dart does even – 80% of what I think he can do, he'll be successful in the NFL because he's got the arm and he's a passer. doesn't matter that he, he's got enough mobility. He's not Malik Willis, but he's got enough. Like we talk, everybody talks about how great of a rusher Malik Willis is, but I, and I like Sam Howell. I'm with you. Sam Howell graded out as my second high, my second QB in this class, barely behind Corral, literally by, by point one, he graded behind Matt Corral for me. So yeah. Sam Howell's my QB too. And I love Sam Howell. He's not that dynamic of an athlete, and he almost put up as many rushing yards as Malik Willis did this year. Like that, Malik Willis is not Lamar Jackson. I think that's the issue I have. Is a lot of this draft community goes and they, I'm not saying that everybody looks at the highlights, and I know you don't. You watch it. You've seen him play. Yeah. Like a lot of the NFL community, I think, are the dynasty guys. Like, oh, they put on his highlights and say, oh, look, he ran around for a minute behind the line of scrimmage and then threw a play down the field. He's the next Lamar Jackson. Like, no, he's not. Like, they completely if you miss watch all the Lamar times at Louisville. He- yeah, like if, if they, you they, they miss all the times he does that, and then he throws he throws it fifty yards down the field and misses his target by about ten yards. Exactly, or he throws it into triple coverage across his body. Like Lamar Jackson, when you watch what he did at Louisville, it is a million times different rushing wise than what you're seeing Malik Willis do at Liberty. So for mm-hmm. me, I just I think he's getting overvalued. Like again, I'm. I'm willing to bet on to Dart because I feel like even if I miss, I'm not missing out on Willis because I think he's going to be a miss. So I'd rather take a guy on Dart that I think has higher upside. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like at the end of the day, I think both are going to, if if he doesn't work out, I truly believe Willis won't. So at the end of the day, it's a net zero for me. Like I didn't win on Dart, but you didn't win on Malik Willis. So that that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, yeah, but I, I, I could definitely see that. I just want to throw this in too. If you're looking at the lens of just who has guaranteed draft capital, I can guarantee. I, I can. I can. I can understand the Malik Willis part. He is going to get that guaranteed draft capital, and we don't know Jackson Dart. But so if, if that's if that's people's argument, like I get it. So that's that's pretty much where I'm kind of coming from, especially because like we in some ways we kind of overestimate our ability to project three four years down the line. And so again, I like Dart. I do. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does at Ole Miss this year. In fact, I think him and Trigg are going to be one of the best stacks that you could have for your. CFF teams um, that people aren't really looking at right now. Um, but in terms of what I think he will do in the NFL, I am not going to pretend that I am somebody who can project two years down the line as to whether he'll um, be a first round guy or not. Yeah. All right, guys, this is going to be all the time we have for the after show. Yes. I finally get to end it on my own terms for once. Suck it. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be all. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jerry, for coming on.